0: Testing, testing, testing right here. How does this sound? Does this sound good? Where's my phone? Testing, how about up close? Is up close better? Do I need to go up close? Do I need to be up close? What about if I adjust it a little bit? Right about there. How's this sound? That's right, your eyes do not deceive you. In my own words is back and ready to go. Don't worry, get comfortable, I'll explain everything. Perhaps we'll learn a little bit about each other tonight as we dive into the recent Smash comedy special by Bo Burnham. We're going inside on In My Own Words. And I'm sure you've heard that song on many, many times. You've let your cursor rest on Inside, just a little too long on Netflix. That was content by Bo Burnham. And we'll get into that song and the importance that it plays in the special recently released on Netflix. But in order to understand that special and understand the message that Bo Burnham is trying to convey, we need to wind the clock back. And in fact, we're going to go to the beginning and how Bo Burnham got his start, but we're not here to discuss history lessons. In fact, that's what Google's for. What we are here to do, learn what I have to say about the new Bo Burnham special. I watched the special after relentlessly hearing half of those songs played on TikTok. And it was aggressive. It was too much. I was already sick of these songs before I'd ever even seen the special. And I I consider myself a moderate Bo Burnham fan. I was on fire early on, and we'll get to that, his early days. And then as I got older, it kind of waned. I would say that's the same for a lot of his target demographic. His target demographic is people born between the years 1990 and 1998. That really is the range you would have to be in to, I guess, appreciate? That's a generous term for... <laughs> Bo Burnham's early material, but really that was the target age range. And as a result, when I saw the special, I was hesitant. I I didn't want to watch it. I was afraid it would either be way not entertaining, not nearly funny enough, too much shock humor. There was a lot of reasons I was hesitant to watch it. However, I decided one night while my wife was away working since She supports us, and I'm allowed to stay home and not upload a podcast for a month and a half. Uh, When I decided to watch the special, it really struck a chord. And it was the kind of film that struck a chord in a way I didn't quite understand at the time. I didn't really understand the impact, but I knew there was something more there. When it ended, it felt very strange. Because honestly, I had saw the description said... Comedy and I thought hey, this is gonna be really funny Bo Burnham. I remember I was 13 once. He was really funny I remember watching what in college. It was really funny and then I Looked at the rating. It was TV MA which of course Bo Burnham And we'll get into that if you don't know who that is we'll get into that and stay put but then it showed why it was rated TV MA for language And suicide so consider this your warning if that kind of content and seriously dark themes is a bit much for you you may want to skip over this episode unfortunately I'm very proud of this episode but you may not be able to do it now moving forward oh I should real quick cover we are gonna of course have music in this episode thank goodness it would be very dull to have me reading things And if Bo Burnham wants to sue me, bring it on. I'm, I will not uh, hold my ground against The Weeknd and, and his record label, but Bo Burnham, bring it on. I will drop you. Now let's wind that clock back to 2006. In fact, to be specific on the date, It was December 21st, 2006. Bo Burnham released My Whole Family, dot, 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 and he released this on YouTube. 2006 was a very interesting time for YouTube, and to understand Bo Burnham and what makes him a unique artist and performer in today's world, you have to understand YouTube. You see, in 2006, YouTube was just a little baby of what it is today. In fact, it was the kind of place where you could straight up post a movie and it wouldn't matter. You would find at that time, if you explored YouTube, a lot of people making music videos of copyrighted music over animations of a copyrighted TV show. You would find a lot of clips from TV shows with terrible Windows Movie Maker fonts on them a lot of papyrus and a lot of comic sans it was a lawless time but more importantly what you will find with early youtube was no one really knew what to do with it it was a lot of people going online making crazy things a fun fact about that time is that a young man that many of you know and when i mention his name it will trigger a fight-or-flight response, and you may, I am risking that you may turn the podcast off the second I mention this young man's name, and that is Fred Figglehorn. If you don't remember him, I wish I was you. Well, Fred made a living on YouTube of screaming in a really high-pitched voice, and that was his living and his career, and it eventually became a big deal. In fact, he got movies made from that character just a few years later, and I am amazed to say that we are going to revisit that fact later here tonight. I know. Well, in that wasteland of uh, young and innocent YouTube, one young boy who was 14 decided to make a goofy song. And this is your final warning for the night. Bo Burnham is rather vulgar, crass, and incredibly problematic. He's commented on that fact. But there is going to be stuff from his music that the content is not going to be uh, edifying. That's a good word for it, edifying content. You might find yourself offended by some of the things he said, but you have to remember this was a 14-year-old in 2006. So, moving forward, his content is crass, crude, and he uses a lot of... Uh I would say uh, gendered and, and sexual and homophobic slurs that are really n- they're not okay to say when you're at work. So there you go. Final warning of the night. Let's listen to his breakout hit: My Whole Family."
1: Uh, this is a song. I wish it could go back to the way it was It's not easy now because My whole family thinks I'm gay I guess it's always been that way Maybe it's cause of the way that I walk Makes them think I like boys And I like
0: boys Great art, right? Really deep, thought-provoking stuff. Well, the song essentially is that on repeat for about three to three and a half minutes. It's not a super long song. It's not very complex and it's not very deep. However, all of that being said, it really took off. It was incredible. In fact, Bo Burnham even had to eventually take it down because his mother did not like that song and he was after all a minor. Well, eventually put it back up on YouTube and it immediately crescendoed into a whirlwind career for Bo Burnham, and that is the basis for this story moving forward. Bo Burnham did not spring up because he auditioned for American Idol or because he had an incredible gift that thrust him into the spotlight with his first ever album. In fact, he began very organically on YouTube. That may seem commonplace, today, but at the time, this was 2006, the most famous person on YouTube around this time was a boy that screamed in high pitch. So how did that create the catalyst for the Bo Burnham we have today that created the special Inside? Well, from this point, he released an album of a bunch of joke songs, and he eventually did, as he got older, start going on tour, start doing stand-up comedy specials. His comedy is very fast-paced and it packs a lot of punch. And as he matured and as he grew, he began to change the comedy. It wasn't just some young kid getting up, saying the f-word, and everyone losing their mind. In fact, he started having his jokes appear on the surface to be very shock comedy, but really had a deep bite to them. And usually, The sting wasn't a, oh, look at this person and laugh at them or look at this one thing about society and laugh at it. The sting usually was directed at a common practice amongst most people. After all, what is comedy but tragedy plus time. So as he grows and begins to Perform live and write more songs, his fame grows with him. And it's incredibly organic and very unique to think about this that YouTube, a free website where a kid uploaded one funny song in 2006, is now selling out entire theaters. This would be years later, of course, a good uh, eight to ten years later, he's selling out entire stadium sized theaters for people to come hear his stand up comedy and his songs. And that's an important thing to remember is that Beau Burnham is not a typical stand-up comedian where he gets up and spouts off some shocking jokes and offensive one-liners that will make him problematic in the future, but he sings. He creates songs and this allows him a chance to show a different side of creativity than many stand-up comics are able to do. It allows him to create satire that not only pokes at an issue and, or pokes fun at an issue but hints at a greater message and with that we arrived to the what era of Bo Burnham this was the first official comedy special I ever saw of Bo Burnham and this would be back in college so you have to remember with my personal journey here in 2006 I was entering middle school I was a 12 year old boy and you know what was funny then that song my whole family that was hilarious and i can't believe that that's the kind of stuff that used to be funny but then again we were all children and xbox live had just started and if you don't know what that means in this context well i can't help you so as we've all grown we've all matured we know hey that's that song could be a little offensive that could be a little you probably don't want to say that in polite company But that wasn't the purpose of the song to make commentary. It was a silly song. It was no more thought-provoking than, I want a cheeseburger from VeggieTales. It really was just that. Silly song to get his name out. Now let's move forward into the what era. By this time, as target demograph, myself, and all of us, I imagine you've heard of the special, so you're listening, we've all grown. We're all mature adults, and we're all 19, and you know how mature 19-year-olds are and how mature college students are. So let's see how that's special, what? Let's see what thought-provoking content we're able to derive from that.
1: Did I name the song? (laughs) Hashtag date. Have you ever stopped to watch a bluebird drop from a tree, and take to the air? Me neither. Have you ever took time out to finish a rhyme, but the right words just weren't there? Meet Cleaver.
0: Well there you have it, he's, he's grown into a quite the well-adjusted adult by this point. Now that is just the intro of the song, that sets it up and it's sort of that kind of stuff. It's these faux philosophical ramblings you might see from, an, I don't know, some person on Instagram that has no idea what they're talking about. And at this time, his target audience had either just left high school or still remembers high school. And during the years 2007 to 2012, 2013 was the time when there was a lot of very uncomfortable and cringy stuff in high school. And if you remember, you know what I'm talking about. Those black and white pictures of you and your bestie and you wrote bestie in purple cursive writing on that picture and you posted it four times on top of each other. And you both looked terrible because you had acne and braces, and you just didn't know what kind of clothes to wear. Well, if you remember that, then you remember the really well, hashtag deep things that those kinds of high schoolers would write about. Well, that was where that song came from. And and that sort of brings his audience in and you may be noticing a pattern here that a lot of his material is very timely. You had to be born at a certain time, use certain technology, and grow up in a certain era dominated by the internet. You had to be raised almost entirely on the internet to get some of these jokes, to not feel like, oh, this is blase, it's just a shock comedy. We've all seen this. Well, what makes Bo Burnham different is that. He has an attachment to his audience, and his audience has an attachment to him, that is nearly inseparable. It's a very difficult task to overcome for a mainstream artist. It's very hard for someone who is in films or produces mainstream music to have that kind of connection with everyday people. Bo Burnham is an everyday guy, and he deals with everyday problems. And a lot of comedians are quote-unquote everyday guys. But I highly doubt that John Mullaney has ever driven a car in the past 10 years. You see, at a certain point, comedians face that issue. They lose relatability. They lose the audience. Instead, people return to hear these storytelling comedians. that are able to tell funny stories, but you don't have to have been there to get the joke. And the comedian certainly doesn't have to understand your life or your struggles. That creates a rift. And a lot of people in today's world are very aware of that. And partially because we have a generation raised on the internet. We have a generation raised around content creators, not actors. Instead of children wanting to grow up and be in a movie, they want to work until they get $75 dollars buy a camera, and then they can be famous. They can be as famous as Bo Burnham. Now, you have to have skill, hard work, and determination, and of course, an ingenious idea that not many people have had, and a way to present it. But this is something he was especially good at. You see, during the, that long gap, I just skipped over quickly, he was busy on YouTube. He was busy Making vines. He later jumped over to Musically and then TikTok. Bo Burnham has always been where the culture was. And by culture, I mean his generation, our generation, the millennial generation. He was in the thick of it during a lot of those momentous events, such as MySpace, Facebook, when Instagram was bought by Facebook, when every other app was bought by Facebook. And then when everything was eventually taken over by the robots working for Amazon. See, Bo Burnham had this connection with his audience that was uh, very close to almost being intimate because the audience could directly interact with him. They could go on his video, comment, and Bo Burnham could reply. I can't just go comment on the weekend's music and him reply. And that is a very new media, a very new type of celebrity that's been created. Where does it actually get deep? Where does he begin taking some of his artistic work with his music? Well, just like I mentioned The weekend, he plays another song that hints at a greater problem and hints at an issue in the media driven age. And that's one of his biggest hits of all time. It's repeat stuff.
1: I also hope that you don't see through this cleverly constructed ruse designed by a marketing team cashing in on puberty and low self-esteem and girls desperate need to feel loved. America says we love a chorus, but don't get complicated and bore us. Though meaning might be missing, we need to know the words after just one listen. So repeat stuff, 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 yeah. Young ones, listen up. I'm in magazines. Full of model teens so far above you. <laughs> and your parents will always come along because their little girl is in love. And how could love be wrong? How could love be wrong?
0: repeat Repeat Stuff shows that clever jab, the harsh commentary, but it also has this underlying theme throughout the song of the fact that we've lost something that used to be special. The fact that love is this construct that is packaged up and shipped out in every pop song imaginable. And young people, very young people, are the target for it. And in Bo's mind, in this song, it's no different than cigarettes or joining some kind of fascistic cult. And these are all observations we've heard before. We've heard comedians say, hey, you know, kids probably shouldn't listen to these kinds of songs. I mean, what, what's my 13-year-old girl going to do when she listens to WAP? Listen, the commentary is pretty derivative. However, this shows the maturation and growth of Bo Burnham's content. And it shows that he is leaning towards this specific type of satire and that's a word we're going to come back to very very shortly real quick of course i need to mention something important about the what special in that song i played earlier hashtag deep is the first time though in a less than serious way mentions suicide see hashtag deep it has lyrics at the end that say, if life is not up to your expectations, well, just end it. And the idea, of course, is that if you try to make yourself very deep, very thoughtful, very holier than thou, you're only going to be left disappointed because the world is not built around you. This suicide mention is very important for the growth of Bo Burnham, because this show marked the beginning of his rapid popularity at massive comedy specials, massive crowds. It also was during a time when his mental health began to deteriorate. And of course, I would be remiss if I did not mention the great finale which is very very important for unlocking some of the meaning behind inside that finale has a song titled we think we know you and what's important about this song and i'll let you hear it uh, is it is very visual so i would recommend looking it up but during his normal goodbye, where he thanks the audience, which actually was right after repeat stuff, he thanks the audience, and then you hear voices come over the speakers. And this is a bit Bo Burnham uses as he will uh, say something and then a pre-recorded voice that he is creating, that's obviously him, will say something and he will say something back to this voice. Well, during this finale song, He has three people that verbally attack him, demean him, or try to control him. And these are three archetypes that are interesting on their own. You have a young lady who claims that she knew Bo Burnham back in school, never hung out with him, thought very little of him, and then all of a sudden has been telling everyone that she is good friends with Bo Burnham and wants him to come to a party, which is... Not a very good friend, really. And then you have the businessman wanting to make an offer. But part of that offer is that Bo must change his comedy style. He can't be using these young person mediums. He has to act like an older generation comedian. Or else the million dollar contract is lost. And then you have a high school bully who calls him derogatory words, but also says that he acts stuck up now. It is also important to mention that this bully character, played by Bo Burnham, mentions how though he acts strange on stage, when he goes off stage, he doesn't act the same. He's not this persona off stage, he's a person. And he hints at the fact that this kind of fame is very hard on him. And it's having a negative effect on his mental health. So what does Bo Burnham do to these naysayers who have come to attack him? Well, he does what Bo Burnham is known for, the only coping mechanism that he has developed. He quite literally turns their voices into song.
1: Hey, hey, what the hell? hey oh hey you're not gonna hit the girl that's sex answer Mr Bob we think you've changed bro we know best you suck we think you've changed bro we know best you suck we think we know you 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 We think we know, yeah. 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 We think we know, yeah.
0: This is the key to understanding Bo Burnham. From his earliest days until the creation of Inside, he has used music, jokes, his artistic career, his performance, as a way of dealing with the negative problems in his life, whether those problems are external or internal. That is quite literally the purpose of that song. In fact, he voice modulates those voices and changes them. And what you didn't see, because this is a podcast, at the beginning you heard what sounded like someone getting hit, or a fight. There was no one on stage. Bo Burnham was literally pantomiming a fight, punching. And the interesting fact is that he first tries to attack head-on, those that are attacking him. He tries to physically overpower, meet his challenge head-on, and then he decides to take those voices, those voices which, by the way, are him, those different personas of himself, and turn them literally into music. And it's a great thing to watch, because those instruments you heard, he pantomime playing those right on time, and you could tell it was a very, very heavily rehearsed choreographed event, and it's a lot of fun to watch after the whole special. And now we've reached the moment we've all been waiting for. Let's talk about inside. And we're gonna open with a very cheery, happy, go lucky line from content by Bo Burnham.
1: Got brief Up, sitting down, going back to work.
0: And that is an important detail for later. He suffered with what he later describes as severe panic attacks and depression, anxiety, a lot of serious mental health issues. And being locked inside during quarantine did not help. In fact, it made it a lot worse. And before we move on, there's an important metaphor about Inside, an important detail I would like to mention. Uh, Apart from that, you see, Inside is not necessarily a comedy special, it's more of a narrative arc that includes some funny songs. The songs very often are funny enough on their own. You don't need to see the special. In between the songs are cuts of Bo Burnham writing music, wandering, laying around, and you can tell something is not right. Something is severely wrong. The first half of the special includes a lot of great hits and a lot of very funny songs that are rather cheery, even though they may dabble with some of those uh, depressive issues. Let's hear one of my favorites. Written in the sand Fresh fallen snow
1: on the ground A golden retriever in a flower cloud. Is this heaven? Or is it just a one?
0: white woman's Instagram is classic Bo Burnham. It makes great funny commentary about things we've all seen and all laughed at stereotypes from social media. Ooh, there's that detail we mentioned earlier, social media and how Bo Burnham and our generation was almost raised on social media. In fact, this song, if you watch the special, was filmed in that 4x3 Instagram photo framing with the black bars on the side of the screen. So during that video, of course, he is recreating all of these hilarious things he's listing, and he does it with such impeccable aplomb. It is very funny seeing this 30-year-old man. Ooh, that's a detail we're gonna get to later. Seeing this 30-year-old man pretending to be this artistic, social media influencer. It's really a funny part of the whole special. In fact, I would just look it up on YouTube, white woman's Instagram. It is hilarious to watch. Except for one point. In fact, at one point, it gets very sad. It, it's a little too real and uncomfortable. And Well, while we listen to this next part, I want you to imagine those sidebars I mentioned on the 4-3 framing melting away. And returning to the traditional widescreen format
1: a white woman's instagram her favorite photo of her mom the caption says I can't believe it it's been a decade since you've been gone mama I miss you I' miss sitting with you in the front yard still figuring out how to keep living without you it's got a live Hard, Mama. I got a job. I love in my own apartment. Mama, I got a boyfriend, and I'm crazy about him. Your little girl didn't do too bad. Mama, I love you. Give a
0: hug and kiss to dad. A go cheese was That was a little too real. This is a comedy special. It was at this point that I realized something was very, very wrong with what I was watching, or I should say it was very, very good. You see, taking the concept of inside, in which Bo Burnham is locked in a room for the entirety of 2020, and the only thing he can do to stave away insanity is write songs and tell jokes except he finds himself telling jokes about social media, the very thing that gave him the audience that he now has. Remember that connection I was talking about. You see, just as I played in that bridge of the song, there are times when even the facade of digital fakery melts away and a little bit of humanity can come through, even on social media. You see, with the screen changing, it gets your attention, and you realize this is a moment where a genuine person is being genuinely vulnerable about a terrible event in their lives. Something to keep in mind. Bo Burnham's Inside is a metaphor. Inside, when you hear that word, when you hear lyrics later on, Talking about inside, it's not about physically being in your home during a lockdown. In fact, it's a timeless special because it doesn't mention anything. It alludes, of course, and alludes in a later song, but inside is a metaphor for being trapped inside of your weakness, trapped inside depression, trapped inside anxiety, trapped inside bullying, trapped inside an addiction, trapped inside a physical ailment, something that could hit home with a good many of us. But don't worry, he's got the solution in the next song. CEO, entrepreneur,
1: born in 1964, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Bezos. Come on, Jeffrey, you can do it, pave the way, put your back into it, tell us why show us how. Look at where you came from. Look at you now.
0: Zuckerberg. And now we're back to that great metaphor that seems to be haunting us. You see, technology's here. social media is here. This wide web that we have is here to fix all of our problems. In fact, why would you be sad about your mom's death when you can order things from Amazon? This is a big theme. In inside is the idea of numbing pain not facing your pain numbing it ignoring it maybe using it for social media clout but not dealing with it and not dealing with it in a healthy way some of this metaphor that I talked about these these demons that Beau Burnham seems to be dealing with are really evident in some important lyrics In his next song. Try making faces,
1: try telling jokes, making little sounds. Well, well, look who's inside again when out alone. But you're
0: surrounded. Okay. Well, at this point, I, I don't think I was having as much fun as I was when I watched What. In fact, at this point, it was readily apparent I was watching something else entirely. I was watching a special about an artist making a comedy special while dealing with his depression. And that song talks about things you can do to distract yourself when you're stuck inside. It's not really about being stuck physically inside. In fact, it's about being stuck with anxiety and depression. Or, like I mentioned earlier, maybe out of fear from physical harm. Or maybe stuck because of a physical condition. Something very personal to the audience, that personal touch that he's been able to cultivate because he did not begin in Hollywood. He began on our laptops, in our phones. He was just a kid. And we've grown up watching him and we've entered the real world and we've had real-world things happen to us that are hard and that we don't want and so has he and making these songs about these problems helped him but in a way it's I'd say it's helped a lot of people because A lot of these difficulties are hard to really describe to someone. Now let's get into the specifics of this song. Uh, The ending confused me for a long time. Uh, Come out, we have you surrounded. Until I learned that that is intended to be his audience. You see, his fans are what have driven him for so long to do things he's not necessarily wanted to do put him under this kind of stress because he does have to perform. He does have to succeed because there's a lot of money riding on it. There is a future here and he's in a career that has never been done before. He's There has never been someone from this new thing, YouTube, that has made it this big and it's kind of different and you, he doesn't know what he's doing. And at one point uh, in the second half of the special, he thanks the audience for always being there for him, but he's holding a kitchen knife, and he holds the kitchen knife to the camera while thanking the audience. In fact, I thought this was some kind of uh, dark uh, commentary on on the desire to self-harm during a traumatic experience, but instead I did some reading and, and some interpretation showed me that that knife is to the audience. You see, he's thankful but also weary, because the very audience and the very people that love you one minute could turn on you, and we've seen that a lot over this past year, of people getting canceled for being problematic. Oh, hey, what's this next song about?
1: Are you gonna hold me accountable? I bet Problematic
0: Oh, sorry, I I gotta Hold on, everyone, hold on, hold on Gotta take a a pill real quick Problematic is Bo Burnham's both acknowledgement Of the very offensive early content that he had and how he has grown to regret it but also the fact that there's no one that's told him no there's no one that said hey that was probably not nice to say and maybe that fictional bully character has kind of become you in fact it's easy to think that he just got away with it he could say whatever he wants because he's a comedian when we honor that's that's not true in the real world you can't just say whatever you want because you're ex profession and with that also comes this sense of fear isn't anyone going to hold me accountable it could be interpreted in two different tones a repentant sacrificial tone or a fearful tone because his career could be ended just as quickly as it began. Which is where that connection comes in, that deep connection with his audience. And to this point the connection becomes even deeper. At the exact halfway point of the special, the exact halfway, he stops the show, sits quietly, and watches as the clock turns to midnight, and he officially is thirty years old. There's a significant tonal shift from this point forward. Uh, Everything is dark. Uh, Everything's depressing. Everything is about some of his own personal issues and dealing with some of these dark areas of his life and dealing with the fact that he is trapped inside still at 30. A lot of people going through issues tend to set milestones. They tend to set, well, if I'm still dealing with this by this arbitrary date, uh, you you know, then I'll need help. Then it'll be a problem. But I have all this time when we don't. We don't have all that time. We never know when a drastic change is going to happen. And we don't know when something that's mundane and every day could be the last time we experience it. You know, we don't know when that change will come. And having that arbitrary deadline is silly, but it shows that people have it. And that connection with the audience allows him to make these very subtle statements. You see, subtlety is something that's new, something that's very powerful in inside and it's something a lot of his audience can relate to so where do we go from here well Bo decides to let us in on some of those demons
1: you know i feel okay when i'm asleep like when i'm asleep i feel all right but it's basically from the moment i wake up I uh, I just get this feeling in my body, way down deep inside me. I try not to fight it, describe it. All right, a few things start to happen. My vision starts to flatten. My heart it gets to tapping, and I think I'm gonna die. Yeah. So, um, yeah, not not doing great.
0: This is where uh, we see the acknowledgement of what we've been feeling throughout the whole special. It's also a great commentary on his own coping mechanism. Like we had mentioned earlier, he took the worst emotions he's ever felt and turned them into song. This is all time low is actually the name of this song. And it's barely a song, as you know, hardly anything. In fact, it's very short and it doesn't really leave you feeling good. It hits in a strange way that grabs attention uh, from a viewer, but also makes you kind of feel for him. It's kind of like, do you, do you need to talk? hey, Robert, you, do you need to talk to someone? And that is a very unique effect. And with an audience that's so closely attached to this uh, comedian, it has a very powerful impact. It's very potent uh, when you're watching. If you've grown up, I didn't even really grow up with Bo Burnham, but I mean, I remember in high school, everyone was like, hey, this is edgy teen boy, and he's he says these funny, bad words, and he's kind of mean. Let's let's spread this like the plague. Well, as you grow, you kind of remember, you're like, oh, I remember when I was, you know, hashtag edgy, and, you know, I, oh, man, I'm real embarrassed by a lot of that stuff, and, oh, man, I hope no one brings it up at work. I hope I don't run into a guy I went to middle school with in my job. And then when life gets real, and things really happen, well, sometimes you got to cope the only way you know how. And that's where we get another absolutely fantastic song where he talks about the very entity that made him famous also provides a lot of escapism so that he can not work, not get up, sit down, go to work. Instead, distraction and numbing. Welcome to the internet.
1: Have a look around Anything that brain of yours can think of can be found We've got mountains of content Some better, some worse If none of it's of interest to you, you'd be the first Could I interest you in everything, all of the time? A little bit of everything, all of the time Apathy's a tragedy and boredom is a crime Anything and everything, all of the time Could I interest you in everything, all of the time? A little bit of everything, all of the time time. Apathy's
0: a tragedy and boredom is a crime.
1: Anything and everything, all of the time.
0: Welcome to the Internet is a phenomenal song. It has a lot of goofy things. It has funny things that we can all relate to, which he lists, but also it points right at the central issue with the internet, the availability, the incessant need to have your attention guided away from what is keeping you trapped inside. As we distract ourselves, as we fill that void with content, well, we're never full. It's a little bit of everything all the time and it can't be stopped. In a world where apathy is a tragedy and boredom is a crime, it's almost like a hostage situation. We created this entity, which in fact gave Bo Burnham his start. It allowed him to have this powerful connection. Well, just as we mentioned in an earlier song, it seems to have grown far, far beyond its original boundaries to a point where it's it's inescapable. And it's almost this entity that can control us, control our motivations. And we've allowed it into our homes. Heck, we've allowed it to deliver packages straight to our door. no mystery where this large entity, where the blame for this large entity is placed right at the foot of these technological giants such as Facebook, Google, Amazon. And that's right where a lot of uh, the blame is saddled during Inside Is we wanted it early on. In fact, Welcome to the Internet has a bridge that discusses early on. It was almost innocent being on the Internet. It was almost an adventure, whereas now it's an inescapable data mine, keeping track of everything we do. But we can't really get out of it. We need it. In fact, during quarantine, we desperately needed it. We needed Internet providers so that we could work from home. We needed Amazon for any supplies. And that's the thing about being needed. It's very hard to remove some of those invasive, uh, privacy violations when they were necessary. It's very hard to backtrack that kind of thing. Now, before we get to the big song, the one that has, uh, topped the charts almost that is record setting and is Bo Burnham's most famous song. I believe it would be fitting, uh, as this was the same place in the special where Bo laid out his own issues, that I would discuss where I was for so long, right in the middle of season two. I vanished for about a month and a half. Well, uh, if you remember in the winter, I was unable to post any podcasts because uh, after an ear infection, I was unable to hear and could not edit. I mentioned that. Uh, early on in season 2 and well early on this summer uh, I began taking a medication that will preserve hearing it will preserve it for for a good a good while eventually unfortunately my hearing will go away but this should allow possibly decades of perfectly fine hearing and unfortunately, this medication had some rough side effects, and I wasn't really able to produce any podcasts during that time. And it's very easy when stuff like that happens; you, you do start to feel a little down. When a lot of when a lot of issues come up in life that you didn't really plan on, it's it's easy to feel like you've you've been trapped because you can't really escape something that's a part of you. So often you turn to unhealthy coping mechanisms. Start from the web, online shopping, anything to distract you from what's going on instead of facing those challenges head-on. That moment before you face those challenges, the moment when despair sets in, is a very palpable, tragic, scary, yet sublime feeling. And that is what Bo Burnham's greatest song is about. All eyes on you.
1: Are you feeling nervous? Are you having fun? It's almost over It's just begun Don't overthink this Look in my eye Don't be scared Don't be shy Come on in The water's fine You say the ocean's rising Like I give a shit You say the whole world's ending they got it already there. You're not gonna slow And heaven knows you tried. try Got it could not get inside. We're going to go where everybody knows everybody. Knows
0: everybody huh? We're going to go where everybody knows everybody. Knows. It's hard to describe the first time you see the all eyes on me portion of inside. Bathed in a blue light, it begins very, very zoomed in on Bo Burnham's face. The only things in focus are his eyes. It's a very piercing, harsh opening to the song. Slowly, it shifts out, and and you see him singing with the camera zoomed out. However, at one point, uh, he demands that you get your hands up. Of course, laced with some expletives. And he gets so irate, he grabs the camera, grabs us, the viewer, and forces us to dance and sing along with him. This is the portion where the music becomes uh, almost harsh, angry. It is quite literally the point in the special where Bo Burnham has brought us into where he is how far he has become trapped inside. (laughs) So what happens next? The sun breaks through the window His room's a little messy, of course, and he gets up. He sits down and he gets to work. Even after reaching the lowest point where his personal struggle seems to have won, he knows there's only one way to truly combat those fighting against him. That's to get to work to write songs, tell jokes, to perform. Even though it's hard, even though sometimes he hates that he has to do it, even though sometimes he's scared. That's what he does. So the ending is uh, interpretable, is a good way to put it. Uh, we, he sings a song, it's called Goodbye, and it has many choruses from a lot of the songs I've played for you. Uh, and it splices in the uh, look who's inside again, and uh, that's a mention of look who after conquering the world. Oh, you're you're depressed again. You've got it's come back. Well, even in the goodbye song, it's not the end of the world. Again, there's always a reason to keep moving forward, and always a time to get up, sit down, and get to work. And before we say goodbye today i would like to make a quick announcement due to a lot of issues i've had during season two i've also been working on creating a website now i'm not going to give out the address just yet but just know this website will have a lot more content for the imow podcast it will include digital words that's not an adjective and noun, that's all a proper noun. You see, Digital Words is a blog I'm starting in which I can dig deep into certain details I may not be able to cover in the podcast. The podcast will, of course, be the main flagship, but the Digital Words will allow a deeper dive or something maybe you could just read while you're at work when you should be working, but instead, well, you're on the internet. And apathy is a tragedy, and boredom, indeed is a crime. I will have further news about the official launch of this website and some of the great features including exclusive early access to unedited episodes. This episode of course would be one of those features. This is a minimally edited episode. In fact, it's pretty much a special. So just think about it. Think think about it. Just go to the website. You can become a subscriber and then boom my blogs are right in your email. You, instantly have access to my own words, my digital words. So what was the solution after all that, that journey of a lifetime into depression and anxiety, or as the case with me, physical ailments, what well, could be the case for you? Maybe uh, physical fear of some sort or professional fear or fear in general. Heck that's a monster all its own what's the answer? Let's think back. How did Bo Burnham himself fight off those naysaying mocking voices that really were just his voice? How did he fight them off? This has been In My Own Words. I'm Wes Young. Make sure to follow us on Instagram. I am OW Podcast Official. Have a good night.
1: Mr. Burnham Thank you, Madison. Good night. Thank you. I hope you liked it. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of this. Thank you.